In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There are only um, uh, just a few events or stories that appear in each of the four Gospels. And so when a particular story or the recounting of a certain event uh, does indeed uh, take place or is mentioned in each Gospel, we know that it has to be of some importance. Uh, The Gospel that you just heard read, uh, the cleansing of the temple by Jesus, uh, falls into that category. It's in each of the four Gospels. And and it's important in many ways, uh, on many different levels. In Matthew and Mark and Luke, uh, this story comes during Holy Week, toward the end of Jesus' ministry. In John's Gospel, it comes at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. In all probability, the event most certainly happened during the week that we call holy, the last week of Jesus' life. And it was likely, if you will, the last straw for the Jewish religious leaders. Because of this final act of what he did there in the temple, the Jewish religious leaders, the authorities, decided that Jesus had to be put to death because he was now, with this act, was now threatening the very fabric of the religious institution. Well, John puts it at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. For John, it was his understanding that that, um, Jesus came, that his total purpose in coming was to renew the Jewish faith, uh, to to challenge that set institutional view of God, And to bring a certain passion and purity back into the worship of God. So in his mind, in the Gospel of John, in his mind, uh, it was the work of Jesus from the very beginning, from the outset of his ministry. In any event, you just heard it. Jesus walks into the temple. The temple in Jerusalem, the most sacred Space, the most sacred spot for the Jews. And I don't think you can be, I don't think it would be accurate to say that you can say that Jesus simply got caught up in the moment because we heard that he, if you will, took the time to make a whip of cords. And during that time, he obviously was reflecting as he made that whip but has he thought about these things? So his action of cleaning out the temple, it, it was something not done just in the heat of the moment. He took time to reflect. He took time to think through what he was about to do. And I think it's very clear on the part of Jesus that what he was going to do, what he subsequently did, his purpose was clear. This act on the part of Jesus was an act of disruption, total disruption, an act of disruption that cut to the very core of the historic Jewish faith. 
It also became it also became a moment of crisis. Not just not just for the dove sellers and the money changers. There there would always be more doves to sell and more money to be made. This was a moment of crisis for God's people. Because Jesus was saying that the old way of doing faith was no longer appropriate. That the very heart of their faith had become lost in ritualism. That it was a a passion for God, a love of God, and a desire to express that love and passion that had been sold out, not pigeons for sacrifice. I think it's also very, very important to make clear that Jesus was not opposed to Jewish tradition. He was born a Jew. He was brought up. He was raised as a a good little Jewish boy. He had all the Psalms memorized, all of the Psalms memorized by the time he was 10 or 11 years of age. He, He was steeped in the law. He was totally aware of the ways of the synagogue. I think I think it's because he took his faith so seriously. It was so much a part of who he was and so much a part of what he loved that took place in the synagogue that he was willing to do this act that he did and create that scene in the temple that day. Knowing full well, knowing full well the price that he would have to pay for doing so. But then again, I think he was acting in the line of the prophets, the prophets who had gone before him, like Micah, who hundreds of years before had written. Do you remember what Micah wrote? Will God be pleased with thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of oil? No. God has told you what is good. And what does the Lord require? What does the Lord require? The prophet Micah said. That you do justice and that you love kindness and that you walk humbly with your God. Or like the prophet Amos who challenged Israel with these words. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. But says Micah, Amos, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. All of which is suffice to say, I think we can surmise from these actions on the part of Jesus and what he had to say At least for Jesus, God is not primarily interested in beautiful worship. God is not precisely interested in in a certain liturgical format and everything done properly in, in its place and all of that. God is interested in pure worship. 
and the two can be quite different. And so Jesus, standing in that line of prophets who had gone before him, was calling for the religious institution of which he was a part to embrace, to embrace certain things like compassion and acceptance and love for all people, to live like a person who believes in God and who is aware of God's love and mercy to then in turn go out and live like that. That's what Jesus was about. In a few moments, we will be sharing in the Holy Eucharist and we will hear the words of Christ at the Last Supper. And you've heard these words hundreds of times, do this in remembrance of me, says Jesus as he holds up the bread or the wine, do this in remembrance of me. Have you ever thought, have you ever really thought, do what in remembrance of him? To participate in a religious ritual just because that's what we do at the same time on Sunday mornings? Surely not. That's not what Jesus is calling us to do in remembrance of him. If that's what we are engaged in, I think Jesus would, would very possibly walk down this center aisle and come up here and throw down the bread and the wine and possibly even overturn this table. If that's all we were doing. Do what in remembrance of him? To live our lives like he did. That's what we call to remembrance. To be compassionate to one another. To forgive one another. To care for other people enough to put your life on the line, to care enough, to be believing enough to tell neighbors and friends about the good news of salvation, of what you have experienced. And as you do those things, living a life like that in remembrance of him, then, then the bread and the wine will symbolize our unity with Christ, our union with him, and our worship will be filled with purpose and meaning. Amen.